Welcome to the porch. I'm Richard Grund. This is where we get back to basics, examining the Word of God, especially the Book of Acts Church. We've been talking about them a lot over the past 22 weeks or so, as we've been talking about walking in the Spirit, taking a deeper look into how the early church served the Lord so that we can regain that world-shaking influence that the church once had. I don't believe we've had it since then, but I believe we will have it again before the return of the Lord. Restoring the priesthood of the believer has always been the goal of the porch. And getting back to the red-letter basics of the Bible, of the Word of God. Can't water it down, can't filter it. If you're here to have your ears tickled, you're in the wrong place. We're looking for the church the Lord intended, not the one that man created, because we believe the church age is still in effect. The original day of Pentecost is ongoing. The fire still falls. The Porch is an outreach of Solomon's Porch, Inc. on solomonsporch.org is the main website for Solomon's Porch. If you want to contact us in regards to that, go there. Otherwise, go to firefalltalkradio.com. Leave us a message. There are ways to support us. For those that do support us, we are greatly appreciative. Make sure you bookmark the Spreaker site for Firefall Talk Radio. That way you know when... We're posting new shows. I've been meaning to get back to doing another Overwatch. Just haven't been able to get it done. But if you have the Spreaker app on your smart device or your not-so-smart device, it'll let you know when a new show has been posted. We also have Facebook and Twitter accounts for Firefall Talk Radio. And make sure you've got all that down because right now we are posting on Spreaker, the original Blog Talk Radio site, And it goes out to iTunes, iHeartRadio, and Spotify from one of the two um, sites we work from. I'm trying to condense that by the end of the year into one place, and then we'll figure that out. So make sure you have the main Spreaker site as your account. Saturday, July 27th, the SEE Conference, S-E-E, a Supernatural Explanation Event. Rosen Inn Point, Orlando, 9000 International Drive. Be there. One-day seminar, first time for me speaking in the Central Florida area. It'd be an opportunity for us to get together and for let the, to let the Lord share with us some of the new things he's been sharing with me. You want to stay overnight or if you're coming in from out of town, we got a deal with the Rosen in Point Orlando, $79 plus tax. Book the room now because after July 5th, that's the cutoff date, that rate will not be available and it will be based upon availability. So even if you're considering com- coming, you can book the room now and then there is a point which from which you can cancel. But why cancel? Come. Come to Orlando. Experience this day with us. Pray for the commitment and the support. I'm praying for sponsorship for to help people come. It's it's coming, but we're looking to sponsor the travel and even the lodging of some people that need to be there. So keep that in your prayers and in consideration. Maybe you can't come, but you'd like to help somebody else get there. We always start out with praise reports and prayer requests, and of course I have to praise the Lord for my salvation, for his love for me, for the fact that he died for me. We just celebrated Resurrection Sunday, which correlated with Passover this past weekend. We're still in the Passover season, and then we'll head towards Pentecost. So interesting timing as we wrap things up on this particular teaching. I praise him for my home. For my wife, we will be celebrating 39 years on the 26th. Who would have thought? Salvation did that. The healing of the Lord, uh, the resurrection of our marriage and our family, and the blessings which include now two daughter-in-laws and a grandson, so we are blessed. We have furry kids, one of which named Sarah. Um, She really needs your prayers. She's winding down. Very difficult to talk about, so we would covet prayers for her and for us. And, of course, Mac is Mac. If you 
come to Orlando, maybe I'll make a way to bring him over to see some people. We'll, we'll see how that works out. I praise him for his protection and his love for me and my family. I praise him for the porch and for Firefall and for SRT and for him letting me work those things for him. It's his ministry. Everything's his. I praise him for the inspiration, the dreams and the visions and the aspirations that he's given me. And I'm believing for breakthrough. I'm praising him ahead of time for it. I'm praising him for his healing virtues. I know they're still available. I know he's still healed. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He has not changed. I don't doubt that, and I don't doubt him. I praise him for everything I have. I praise him being a new creation and living in these times and being used by him. Praise him for this country. I praise him for America. Yeah, it's got problems, and there's a lot of things going on that tie in to the signs of the times, but we are not being persecuted and slaughtered as we saw this past weekend in Sri Lanka and other places. We are heading towards the close, folks. I don't know when that will happen. Not going to put a date on it, but the signs of the times are blaring. We must stay prayed up and we must stay praised up. So praise him. Praise him. Get ready for his return. Praise him for favor and revelation and and protection that Psalm 91 covering he offers us. Praise him that he's going to split the sky and he's going to come back. And he's first he's going to get his church out of here and he's going to let the world have what it's wanted. It wants the devil. It wants the fallen angels. And he's going to let them know what that's really like. And then he's going to come fix it all. Put it all back to the way it was supposed to be. And that's our prayer. Our prayer is for that to happen. Our prayer is for the Middle East, for Israel, for the peace of Jerusalem, for them to come to know HaMashiach, Messiah, and be complete. Praying for our brothers and sisters around the world, plus our Jewish brothers and sisters, come to know Messiah. Praying for the fatherless, the widows, the innocents, the victims of injustice. Boy, if you're not praying for that, for victims in and out of the womb, victims of sex trafficking, victims of violence. I read another story today of of two stories of parents murdering their children. I don't understand it, but I do. The enemy needs to be fed. And one of the ways it's always been fed is through the murder of the innocent and the murder of the children. So let's pray against that. Let's pray for them. Let's pray for all of our Loved ones who need to be saved, healed, and delivered for divine wholeness, health, and healing. Let's get back to our divine design. I don't know about you, but I'm tired of struggling. I'm tired of a body breaking down because of the air and the water and the food and everything we've been given. I want to get back to what he designed us to be so that we can do what he's called us to do. So let's get healed right now in the name of Yeshua. Healing for the sick and the broken. Healing for the downtrodden and the depressed. Deliverance for all those that need it. I'm praying that we get a mindset, a kingdom mindset. Not about wealth and buildings and and jet. No, no, a kingdom mindset of victory. A kingdom mindset of taking back what the enemy's stolen. A kingdom mindset of helping the lost and the dying and going and rescuing those in bondage. I pray for his blessings to come and those that have been blessed to be a conduit of his blessings. Manna no longer falls from heaven. He does it through his children. So let's be obedient. I'm asking for prayer for my wife. Continued fervent prayer and healing and restoration for Deborah. Stacy in Texas says she's thinking of everyone praying, asking for prayer for salvation, healing, and deliverance in our family. They're in the middle of moving into the new apartment. We know that that's a lot of work and everyone is stressed, so pray for them. Keep Stacy and her family in Texas in your prayers. And she wants everyone to know that she wants, may the Lord bless and protect all of us in Jesus' name. Kim in Fort Mitchell. You know, Kim, I always save you for last, and that's for a reason. You are transparent in your relationship with him And you always somehow touch on something I'm going to cover. And I know that's the Holy Spirit. 
says, I'm doing well, and pray, all praise goes to my Father in heaven. I praise him, I thank him, and I worship him for everything he did and does for me. I praise him for my children and his protection. I praise him for this ministry and all that he provides for my family and the Port families. says, Father, I praise him for the people you put in my life. Help me to forgive and to move on. Please save my mother's soul. She's running out of time. Please, everybody, pray with me for her salvation. Deliver my children, myself, save my husband, heal our brokenness, our spirits, and our bodies. Father, bless our families, protect our children, pets, and possessions. Watch over our homes and show us how to shine your light. It says, teach me how to love the person but hate the demon. Show me how to tell the difference. Father, forgive me for being selfish and self-righteous at times. Help me grow and heal in Jesus' name. Lord, you paid a price we couldn't pay. It wasn't your price, it was ours. And without blood, there is no remission of sin. So you shed your blood, every drop of it. You were the Passover lamb. And we thank you. We thank you, Father, for being willing to sacrifice your only begotten Son. We thank you for that kind of love. The heart of a father that says, I'll do anything for my children, even if it hurts me. But we thank you that you knew that Yeshua would rise again. You knew that he would be resurrected by the power of the Holy Spirit. You knew what would happen. But you endured the spectacle. You endured what he went through. And Lord, we thank you for that. You've been in these bodies. You know how it feels. You've walked this earth. We are appreciative that you did that for us. And then you sent your Holy Spirit back. You gave it to us. You put it inside us. It's a guarantee. It's a seal. It's everything that we needed in power and provision and the fruit and the gifts and everything that goes with it. And we've been talking about it, but we want to understand it better. So Holy Spirit, help us. Help us to understand how to work with you better. Help us to understand the areas of our life that hinder you, that keep you from using us the way you'd like to. Open our eyes, clear our ears, change our hearts. Change us so that we can be effective for the kingdom of God here on earth. So we thank you. We clear our minds. We open our hearts. We prepare to receive. In Yeshua's name, amen. Lessons are proprietary information except where noted the information comes from outside sources. The combination of that information, the matter presented, is exclusive, cannot be repeated or used without permission. The date of this broadcast serves as the registered date of the following information. There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries but the same Lord. There are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given a word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But the one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. 
It's his will to be available to you. It's his will to use you for the kingdom of God. It's his will to work through you for the glorification of the Lord. So keep seeking it, keep learning, and keep doing. You learn by the doing. Even when you do it wrong, you learn from the mistakes. Oh boy, have I learned from my mistakes. But after all these years and all the lessons and all the experiences, all the triumphs and all the failures, it's always been for his glory, but also edifying to build me up so that I can function properly for him. Because here's what it comes down to. The harvest great laborers of few, the kingdom of God needs you. That's the bottom line. I could end it right there and have said everything I need to say, but of course, I'm not done. But the kingdom of God needs you. So he went out and he picked fishermen and tax collectors and people that the religious people would never have chosen. So don't think, oh, I'm I'm not anybody he can use. The church would never choose me. Well, good. If the church would never choose you, that makes you the right material. But we're learning about walking in the Spirit, and tonight we're talking about the voice of the church. So let's build up to the moment. Let's go back to Acts chapter 1, starting with verse 4. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which, he said, you have heard from me, For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? Now, isn't it interesting? He told them to do something, and they flipped it back on him. Well, Lord, are you going to do this now? But then he flipped it back on them, because the truth is, right now, he's using us. He's using his church says, not for you to know times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. So when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. They were waiting. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues, as the Spirit gave them utterance, as he wills. Stay in Jerusalem till you are endued with power, till you are soaked in with dunamis from on high. From the throne room itself, the creator power of the living God. The power on high was meant to make the church his voice to the world. And we know that's immediately what Peter did, is went out and spoke to the world that was gathered there in Jerusalem. There's the mission statement. Go. Tell the world. It wasn't that complicated. We have made it very, very complicated. He said to them, Go into all the world, preach and publish openly the good news, the gospel, to every creature of the whole human race, and he who believes, he who adheres to and trusts in and relies on the gospel, and him whom it sets forth, and is baptized, will be saved from the penalty of eternal death. But he who does not believe, does not adhere to and trust in and rely on the gospel, and him who set it forth will be condemned. And these attesting, these confirming signs will accompany those who believe. In my name they will drive out demons, and they will speak in new tongues, new languages, both heavenly and heavenly angelic and human. How do we know that was true? How do we know what's happened? Well, you go to Acts chapter 10, starting verse 44, when 
Peter is strong-armed into going to Cornelius' house, the Roman centurion, to tell them about Yeshua and to preach the gospel. And while he was still preaching, while he was still speaking, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word. And those of the circumcision who believed were astonished, as many as came with Peter, because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. And then Peter answered, Can anyone forbid water that these should not be baptized, who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. And then they asked him to stay a few days. Signs will follow them that believe. Not those that doubt. Not those that disbelieve. Not those that constantly deny the possibility thereof that anything like this should happen. Not those who use every excuse of unbelief to evade doing those things. It means literally what it said to them that believe. And he told them to go even to the ends of the earth, to the end of the world. I've talked to people recently that need a miracle but don't believe it could happen. Either they've never seen it or they don't believe that God will do it for them. And so technically they're right. Even though he can do it for them, it won't happen for them because they don't believe it will happen for them and they short-circuit the ability for God to reach them. We either believe that this is the truth or we don't. We either believe that by laying hands on the sick they can recover. I, we have a lot going on in this family right now with uh, personal health issues and the health of, of dogs. And Last night I was outside with them, and, and we consider our pets our families, members. And I said, you know what, Lord, I'm, I'm sick and tired of death and sickness I'm sick and tired of the enemy getting away with things. I'm sick and tired of this fallen world imposing itself upon me and mine. And I began to push back, and I began to praise him, and I began to tell him, you are as good as your word, and I believe that. You can and you will. You do. And I believe you'll do it for us. While we were listening to the... uh, the shofar and, and the opening statement, and I began talking. I got a quick little message from Jesse asking for prayer for one of his dogs, Daisy. And Daisy came through a miracle. She had parvo. They fostered her, and they wound up keeping her, and apparently something's wrong. I'm tired of this fallen world and the fallen world system, Hasatan, Satan the fallen. I'm tired of the fallen watchers and their demonic offspring imposing themselves and their will and their actions upon my life. I don't know about you, but I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. I'm sick and tired about hearing stories about babies being beaten to death or or animals being abused or slaughtered and Christians being blown up in churches. I'm tired of it. We've been given all authority in heaven and earth. We've been given the power to resist. And over the last couple of thousand years, the enemy has found a way to convince us to abdicate our power. Well, is there anybody in the sound of my voice, live or recorded, that is willing to pray in agreement with me that enough is enough? Enough with the sickness, enough with the destroyed families, enough with the enemy imposing its will and having its way. I get it. He's the God of this world. But I'm in this world. I'm not of this world. My citizenship is elsewhere. We need to start believing in his word. We need to start applying his word. We need to start living like we know the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And stop expecting unbelievers in a fallen world system to understand it, allow it, or participate in it. We need to appropriate the benefits promised to us by the Lord through his Holy Spirit. The other thing we need to do is we need to be his voice. 
to a lost and dying world. Luke twenty four forty seven repentance and the remission of sins should be preached in his name to all the nations, beginning at Jerusalem. Jerusalem was ground zero of the gospel, and it makes sense that it would finish there as well. Repentance and remission should be preached because we've been given the authority delegated to us by his name, by his blood. See, we are preaching, we're proclaiming the gospel in the dunamis explosive power of the Holy Spirit. Your voice, when speaking for the Spirit, when he speaks through you, your voice should resonate the power of the throne room. I share this with you. The very first time the, the Holy Spirit actually spoke physically through me was at the end of a uh, a production, one of the first productions I did in Tallahassee for Christian Heritage Church. They brought me down from New York when I was still living there. And um, it was John the Revelator, and there was a speech at the end of the production. The Spirit and the Bride say, come. And as I spoke, I could feel it happen. So my, the sound of my voice changed. Everything changed from the timber to the inflection um, everything, and then I walked off the stage and collapsed into Pastor Shelley's arms. I could barely stand up, and I looked at him, and I said, what just happened? And he said, that was not you speaking. He said, that was the voice of the Holy Spirit, and your body could not handle the power that just came out. He can use us. And now that I've been at this a while, I understand it, and I'm prepared for it, but it still drains you because this human body, when used by him, feels it. It knows it. But I would live to feel that feeling every day. I would live to not have to worry about the cares of this world, not have to worry about anything but to go out and preach repentance and the remission of sins and the power and the authority of his name to set the captives free. You know why? Because that gospel, the word euangelion, is a Greek word. And we use it for the good news, but what it really originally meant was the good news of a military victory brought from a messenger to his commander. Now it's come to simply mean a good message. No, 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 no. This is the good news of a military victory on Calvary. On Calvary, the hill. Golgotha, the skull. The victory of a bloody cross. The victory of an empty tomb. The victory of an upper room the victory of a gospel preached that shook the world and set the captives free. Yep, that's what I want to be about. I want to be about talking about the victory and making more victories and plundering the kingdom of darkness's treasures, which are the souls of people, which are places that they've taken. See, when Yeshua walked this earth... He was laying the groundwork for a massive spiritual military victory that is ongoing. The enemy knew he couldn't undo it. The enemy knows he cannot defeat us in a head-to-head, power-on-power confrontation. So he has tricked the religious church to abdicate its power, to turn down the fire, to put away its weapons. Not this boy. Matthew 4.23 tells us Yeshua went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease among the people. See, he knew because he saw it. He saw Satan fall. He knew that sickness, illness, and disease was a result of what took place in the Garden of Eden. 
So he was laying the groundwork of victory after victory after victory and undoing what happened that day until he undid it on the cross spiritually, and then he's going to come back and undo it physically and naturally when he sets his feet on the Mount of, Mount of Olives. In mighty signs and wonders and by the power of the Spirit of God, from Jerusalem round to Illyricum, Paul fully preached the gospel of Messiah. Romans fifteen nineteen, mighty signs and wonders. He preached in the power of the Holy Spirit, the power of the living God. He was the voice of God, the voice of the church. The New Testament, the good news is salvation. See, every time I share my testimony, every time you share your testimony, every time you talk about a healing, every time you talk about something God has done, you are reinforcing the victory. You are proclaiming it. That Yeshua, HaMashiach, Jesus the Messiah, came to earth to conquer the sin and evil which plagued the world and the people in it who are living a sinless life. By living a sinless life, but they're living a sinful life. They're living the life of the fallen. They're living the life of the pre-flood people. Yes, guess what? Even though he, he buried it all under water and saved Noah and his family, only eight people survived the flood. That sin survived. And people rebuilt it and they began to serve the, the creation instead of the creator. In the days of Noah, which were debossed and demonic and worse than any science fiction movie you could have ever seen, are happening again. But the apostles listened to his voice. They took his command. They went out to share the gospel, the good news, that military victory to the rest of the world. A life-saving message to a world that was dying in its sins. That's what the voice of the church should be saying. Shouldn't be talking about denominations. I I am so fed up with denominationalism and superstar Christianity and all the things that we have assimilated from the world. I know one thing and one thing only, Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Messiah, and him crucified. I know that he is alive. I know that he sits at the right hand of the Father in fullness and power. I know that he is coming again to judge the living and the dead. But until he does, he has put the creative power of the universe, the same spirit that raised him from the dead, inside of me. So I have no fear of the creation. Because what's inside of me spoke them into existence. Greater, greater, greater is he that is in me than anything of him that is out in the world, anything of Satan or the fallen angels or their demonic offspring, what's inside of me is greater than them. And the one that I know who wrote my name in the Lamb's Book of Life, who knows me by name, is who I trust. So let's just tell people, repent and believe, and then follow him. After John was put into prison, Yeshua came to Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God, saying, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. And as we walked by the sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And then Yeshua said to them, Follow me, and I'll make you become fishers of men. And they immediately left their nets and followed him. Repent. Believe. And follow him. In the dawn of the new day of the Spirit, the dawn of the day of Pentecost, for the purpose of ushering in and administering this new covenant, which he had just established in his blood, was second only in importance to the incarnation and crucifixion of our Lord, the sacrificial lamb, in which the old foundations were destroyed and a new foundation was built upon him being the cornerstone and the church being the building. You don't go to church, you are the church. The place you go to is a place that you fellowship and worship with others.
from Sinai to Pentecost, from victory to victory over the fall, God has spoken, spoke to Moses from a burning bush. He spoke from the top of Mount Sinai. And now he speaks through his church. He spoke through Yeshua as he walked this world. Except man wants to follow Satan. I could say that I'm surprised, but then again, I did. And I didn't even know I was doing it. I was a puppet on strings, doing the everything that the puppet master wanted me to do. And it took a cross to cut those strings. So man follows Satan and the fallen into sin and misery and death. But I say now it's time to follow the Lord into victory over those things. Because if we do that, if we do what we've been told to do, there will finally come a point where Revelation 11.15 will be fulfilled and the seventh angel sounded. And there were loud voices in heaven saying, The kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Messiah, and he shall reign forever and ever. But the Father had to fix what Adam did in the garden. And he created the gift of salvation. And he did it through the gift of his son, and then another gift of his spirit. From sin to salvation, to supremacy. We sit with him in the heavenly places. He's the king of kings and lord of lords, and we've been delegated his authority to go do things for him. So why do we not do it? What are we afraid of? I can't answer that question. I really can't. I think it's all smoke and mirrors. I think the enemy's done a great job getting into our heads and getting into our lives. Yeah, you know, I read something today. I should have copied it down so I can attribute it to the person who said it. But this person said social media isn't about communication. Social media is about manipulation. It's about psychology and sociology. And I went, wow. The enemy knew exactly what he was doing when he inspired its creation. Oh, we can say, well, Richard, you're using social media and you're using the Internet and you're doing all that. Yes, I've taken what Satan meant for bad and I'm using it for good, but its actual inception, its actual creation was to further his kingdom. So I become the voice. I say what I say and hopefully it travels. Hopefully people listen. Hopefully they share it with others. Hopefully they say it. But the day of Pentecost triggered a ripple effect. If you saw um, a teaching I did in Trustville, Alabama two years ago, three years ago, all things become new, all things new. And in it, I showed a clip about the resurrection. I actually posted that clip on Facebook the other day. The ripple effect of the resurrection, the ripple effect of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. You have to know that when that Spirit left the throne room and came down to earth and shook it, shook that building, and that rushing mighty wind, just like the same one that was on Mount Sinai and the fire and the sound and the people speaking in various tongues, both natural and heavenly, and the people hearing the gospel preached and God praised in their specific language. A ripple effect went out. It wasn't momentary. It was eternal. It was transcendent. It keeps going. It's happening spiritually. There is no time in the spirit realm. And I firmly believe that the same outpouring that happened that day is still happening. 
But the devil and his fallen angels and their demonic offspring have found a way to interrupt it, to interfere with it, to create static, supernatural static. I'm ready. I'm ready to hear clearly. I am ready for the static to be gone. I'm ready for the demons and the fallen angels to shut the heck up. I'm ready for that moment that we have enough faith that in prayer, just like he told the storm, peace, be still, be still, muzzle yourself, that we have the ability in prayer to speak into the spirit and make people who shouldn't be talking muzzle themselves, that their tongue cleaves to the roof of their mouth, that their lips not work properly. I'm so far off my notes, I don't even know where I am right now, but it really doesn't matter. I'm ready to be the voice of the Lord. I'm ready to speak and see people healed. I'm ready to speak the word and watch demons flee. I've done that. That's not something I have a problem with. But isn't it interesting that after 30 years of ministry, the place I'm trying to speak life into is the church. That's not only surprising, it actually just saddened me. That here we are. We have all of this. We've been called to be his voice. He's put a clean heart and a renewed spirit within us. A new spirit, a Holy Spirit, a clean, redeemed heart. We're born from above. And yet we stay silent. We're afraid of rejection. We're afraid of retaliation. I see people gather and speak politics. I see people go to sporting events. I see people go to these Comic-Con, these conventions with celebrities, and they spend ridiculous amounts of money to have their picture taken with a celebrity or to wear costumes, and they, they waste all this money. And those of us that are actually out in the trenches and out in the fields trying to save, heal, and, and deliver people, we struggle Why aren't they that excited about the Lord? Maybe because they've never experienced it. Maybe they don't even really know him. Maybe they had a religious experience one day, but they were never born again. And the disappointments of this world have squeezed out the word. I don't know. But when the fullness of time came, God set forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, and he changed it. He fixed it. He fulfilled the promise of Ezekiel thirty six twenty six, when he said, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will take your heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. He gave us a new heart, a redeemed heart. When you begin to tie all these scriptures together, you begin to see when Yeshua said to Nicodemus, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. It means he can't enter into it. You, you won't see it. You won't be there. I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the Spirit is spirit. It makes sense now, which is why he said, Go, make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all the things I've commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. He's not there to do it for us. Come on, stop with the religious memes of, oh, I stand here and the Lord does everything. No, he empowered you to go do it. He empowered me to go do it. But he's with us. He's empowering us through his Holy Spirit. He's guiding us. He's encouraging us. And so what did they do? They sat down and they went to school and they read books. No, they went out 
and they preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word through the accompanying signs. Did they make mistakes? Of course they did. But he can fix the mistakes. We need to go. We need to do. We need to learn. We need to be obedient like they did. They went out everywhere. They were confident that the Lord was working with them. And how did they know? By the signs and wonders that accompanied what they were doing. So why aren't we as excited? Why? We get excited about all these worldly things, but then when it comes to, hey, come spend a day and learn some stuff and get your life changed and get prepared for what's coming. Oh, you know, um, I... Going to the beach that weekend. Oh, we're going to go to the theme park. Come on, folks. The world is dying. Your family is dying. Marriages are being destroyed. You're losing your children to all sorts of demonic influences. Arthur Pink, in a book called The Holy Spirit, says, The religion of the vast majority of people today consists merely of an outward show having a name to live among men, but but being spiritually dead toward God. Their religion compromises little more than bare speculative notions, merely knowing the word in its letter, in an undue attachment to some man or party, in a blazing zeal which is not according to knowledge, or censoriously contending for a certain order of things, despising all who do not rightly denounce their rightly pronounce their particular titles. The fear of God is not upon them. The love of God does not fill and rule their hearts, and the power of God is not working in their souls. They are strangers to it. And as I read that, and as I put that into the notes, this is what I wrote. Moses put a veil over his face to hide the glory because it made the people uncomfortable. It seems as if the leaders are still doing that today. Oh, we don't we don't want to make anybody uncomfortable. No, you can't come in here and preach anything that's going to cause somebody to go into a manifestation where you got to deliver them and cast the demon out in front of all these people. No, we don't want that. We need you to cover that up. Martin Luther inspired a reformation that was supposed to return the ministry of the church to the people. Instead, he con- created a new church, a new ministry and into the same bondage that it criticized, except under a new name. We just can't seem to follow the simplicity of the gospel. The veil was torn from top to bottom, which could only be done supernaturally because of the height of it and the thickness of it so that we could have access to him completely. But after all this time, religion and ritual has sewn the veil back together. Oh, no, 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 you you can't bring that Holy Spirit stuff in here. No tongues, no interpretations, no laying it, nope, nope, nope. Keep that all hidden behind the veil. The church is supposed to be the voice of the Spirit, but more often than not, it is the thoughts and the voice of a person that comes out. One changes lives. The other doesn't. They'd rather be life coaches or anything but oracles of the Holy Spirit. You know, my father walked out when I was six, so I understand what it's like to not have a father. I understand what it's like to grow up in a broken home. So for me, to have access to my heavenly father after getting saved was something I was desperate for. And Jeremiah the prophet says in chapter 32, starting verse 38, and he was talking about the time when the Messiah would come. 
They shall be my people, and I will be their God. Then I will give them one heart and one way, that they may fear me forever, for the good of them and their children after them. And I will make an everlasting covenant with them, that I will not turn away from doing from doing them good. But I will put my fear in their hearts, so that they will not depart from me. Well, he gave them the law on Mount Sinai, but nevertheless, that wasn't enough, was it? So the Messiah came and he told the disciples in John 16, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, as if he could tell you anything else. Tell you the truth, it's to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment of sin, because they do not believe in me, of righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more, of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. Well, it's no wonder Hasatan and the fallen and the demons are afraid of anyone doing what the Lord asked us to do, what the Book of Acts Church initially did. He's got a good thing going. He doesn't want that messed up. That's why the vocal gifts are for both the church and the world, and we need to speak up. The Spirit of God is in the voice of the church. And that's why this thing about tongues and interpretations and prophecy, the vocal gifts seem to have, according to some denominations and cemeteries, seminaries, Oh, that that was, uh, the church age is over, you know, we don't need that anymore. Oh, really, we need that more than ever before. More than ever before, we need what they had at Pentecost. The world needs it. Actually, what the world needs is for the church to do what it was told to do and to speak up. Abortion is murder. Killing a baby as it comes out of a womb is murder. Letting it die on the table, if it happens to survive the first two attempts, is murder. Sin is sin. And there's only one way to God. Jesus of Nazareth, Yeshua HaMashiach. There is no other way. There is no other door. There is no other gate. There is no other path. The only way to the Father is through Him. It's amazing. Peter stood up and said what he said and... They were cut to the heart. Men and brethren, what shall we do? And thousands, 3,000, gladly received his word and were baptized. Why? Because Peter stepped out of the upper room as the voice of God, as the voice of the Spirit, as the voice of the church, and he just told the truth. Stephen told the truth, and it got him stoned and martyred. But that led to Saul becoming Paul. We just need to tell the truth. We need to tell it in love. From the beginning, the manifestation of the Spirit in the church is what drove the church. Two things, signs and wonders followed the Word. The Word opened the door for the signs and the wonders. The Lord confirmed that it was His Word by the presence of the Holy Spirit there. so many other notes I'm just going to let them go it's more important to just talk to you from my heart I am asking you I am imploring you to step out of your comfort zone and get before the Lord of all creation get before the Holy Spirit and say search me If there's anything unclean in me, take it from me. Close every open door to the enemy and fill me with your Holy Spirit. Fill me, Holy Spirit. Make me useful for kingdom business. I'm not asking you to go do what I do. Not at all. I'm called to do what I do. I wouldn't ask anybody else to do it. But I am asking you to pray. 
I am asking you to intercede. I am asking you to find out what the Spirit wants from you. Don't be like uh, the people in, in the camp when God said, bring all the people. I want to talk to them. And they were going, oh, nope, nope. That's all. Oh, that scares us. That's too uncomfortable for us. We'll listen to you, Moses. You tell us what God said. We're doing it again. Oh, I just want to hear what that person says. I oh, this person's really anointed. I want to go hear him. Will you not come to the Lord? Will you not come to the mountain of fire? Will you not stand in the presence of the living God and say, speak to me, even if it makes me uncomfortable, even if it's not what I want to hear? The end result of the infilling of the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit has made us dangerous to the kingdom of darkness in this world. Because when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and judgment. But the fallen man doesn't want that, and the fallen don't want that. But who cares what they want? From the Garden of Eden to Egypt to Sinai to the wilderness to now... His children and the world have blocked its heart from the Word of God and from the Spirit of God. I think it's time for another Mount Sinai experience. I think it's time for another Mount Carmel experience. I think it's time for another Upper Room experience. That's where the name Firefall came from over 20-some-odd years ago. If ever there was a time that the fire of his love flowed through us to the world, flowed through our hands, flowed through our prayers, it's now. It's now. Father, I'm just, I'm just going to stop here and pray. None of this other stuff matters right now. I can share it next time. But if I've gotten their attention on your behalf, speak to them. Speak into their hearts. Speak into their lives. Begin to reveal anything that is hindering you from answering their prayers. Hindering them from having the gifts and the fire and the things we've talked about hindering them from being useful to you in these end times. Give them eyes to see and ears to hear, but more than anything, Lord, give them a heart filled with your love and filled with the fire of the Holy Spirit. And whatever they desire, Lord, like a father to a child, surprise them with it. Catch them off guard. Get past their senses and their defense mechanisms. Because we need it. We need more people. Like the book of Acts Church. We need more people like the 120 waiting in the upper room. We need more. There's a job to be done, Lord. To set the captives free. To heal the sick. To raise the dead. Both naturally and spiritually. And I just pray this and I believe for it in Yeshua's name. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace, give you shalom. I'm Richard Grun. This has been The Porch on Firefall Talk Radio. <laughs>